Hello everybody and welcome to Adventures at Witchy Woods. I am your host Samhain and I'm excited to share this episode with you this week. This week we are talking to Rose who is a mom, a wife, and a shaman. It's going to be very exciting to hear how she balances her home life and her healing practice. Without further ado, let's jump into this wonderful episode. Hi, Rose. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, joining me. Absolutely. (laughs) It's my honor, babes. Yay, I'm so excited. So you are our first official guest. Wow, that's incredible. I thought it would be fun and... We can get to know a little more about um, what you do. Um, just a quick introduction about the podcast. Um, I'm doing it to follow our journey, both um, as like a pagan slash spiritual podcast and a homesteading ca- podcast. So we're we're covering a variety of topics throughout the the history and journey of the podcast. So that's how you fit in with your shamanism and your amazingness beautiful sounds like a wonderful podcast I'm so excited to be a part of it um can you just kind of go briefly over um who you are and what you do maybe a little bit about your family and just whatever you're comfortable sharing sure sounds good so uh my name is Rose Beal and I uh like to go by Shaman Rose in my in my work um, I've been a healer for, let's see, I guess going on about five years and loving, loving it, loving every moment of it. Um, I was on my healing path personally for probably, um, I don't know, 15 years before that. So it's been a long, beautiful journey for me. Um, spiritual healing, energetic healing, shamanism, and other types of modalities have really helped turn my life into a much more magical life where I wasn't carrying the heaviness and weight of the past. And I've been able to create a beautiful, just soul experience for myself on this planet. And I'm, I just, I guess I was very inspired to be able to help others do the same in their own lives. Yeah. Um, I am currently expecting a new baby and I have Yay. a daughter. <laughs> so I have, um, let's see, I'm about 10 weeks pregnant and my daughter is uh, Zaya. She's two uh, and two months. My husband's name is Justin. And right now we currently live in Colorado, but our hearts are always halfway in Mexico because we have quite a community and life in Baja and so yeah we like to go between the two as much as we can (laughs) yeah it's beautiful area to Mm -hmm. be in so um so first question being pregnant how does that adjust your energy with yourself and your energy and your healing work with others does having a, a whole nother being inside of you um, change your day to day and kind of how you, um, how you practice? Um, it's funny that you asked that because I, um, have with this 
this go around, I've had much more nausea and this exhaustion. And I also have, have, was dealing with a cold. So I've taken quite a sabbatical (laughs) from, (laughs) from uh, working uh, with my clients, but I have a good list of people that I'm going to be ramping up with. And I think one thing that I do with my practice is it's a life lifetime practice for me and so I always try to respect that if energetically if I'm not in my most you know powerful strongest place I I I always give myself you know permission to to step back and and work on my own journey and then go back into session when I'm when I'm there for and can be there for my clients so the first trimester I take a I give myself a little bit of uh less work <laughs> yeah yeah to plan it a little easier mm-hmm. what exactly is shamanism mm-hmm. for people who don't know beautiful so it's bringing ancient techniques and medicine ways um into a modern world um so it's modern shamanism we're bringing these practices that um in the past they looked a little bit different um and we have these beautiful ways of working in a more modern way. So my work as a healer, um, I am a Mesa carrier and what is referred to as an earth keeper. And so this tradition isn't necessarily tied to a a specific area, whereas a lot of the time with healing, it could, you know, um, could be tribal or it could be um, passed down from generation to generation. So since I was taught, um, by uh, my teacher and who's an earth keeper uh it's more of a global shamanic approach um and it brings together uh different techniques and processes from the andes from um and but then also as far back as mongolia (laughs) when yeah when shamanism really first uh like the early early roots of shamanism um uh, we carry a lot of those same traditions forward. Um, when I talk about being a Mesa carrier, I work with medicine stones. And so in a session, uh, somebody's going to come in. Um, if it's an individual session, we'll work with our, with the stones and I'll do like, um, a beautiful, uh, cleansing for them and illumination and we're just working on clearing out heavy energy things that don't serve anymore turning wounds into wisdom and empowering somebody so that their life story no longer harms them it actually empowers them is really our goal and it takes time because some people have had a lot of trauma yeah Mm -hmm. trauma is not always easy to work with but um, this sounds like a a very gentle way Mm -hmm. of addressing traumatic experiences and and like you said turning from wounds to wisdom and being able to carry those forward in a helpful way or discarding them if they are no longer helpful that's that's beautiful work that you're doing you got it I also do group work and that looks a little bit differently because um um I usually use my drum for that and that utilizes a shamanic journey and visualization as the technique for creating the healing experience 
And uh, I've had a lot of success with my group work as well. Uh, up to 100 people, I think, has been my max. And I've been able to do um, a full cleansing and illumination for all 100 people. <laughs> so that was very That's powerful. impressive. Now, when you do something like that in a group experience, does everyone kind of have a chance where they say why they're there? Or do you kind of do it um, almost blindly and just walk them through individually? But as a group, we do it, we do it as a group, but uh, everyone has a chance to set their intention. So it ends up being a very unique and personal experience for each person. Um, And then you know, depending on the size of the group, um, I'll do intro and we'll do, um, afterwards we'll do like an integration. It's really important for, um, our Western minds. Like they, we, we need to understand like, okay, what just happened? So I like to talk people through and, you know, sometimes people want to share their experience. Sometimes they don't, um, just talking them through and helping make a little more sense of it um, in, you know, in the physical world, <laughs> I think it's helpful. Yeah. Is it hard to, um, to work with people who are very Western, um, kind of having their own new awakening, but they still don't know a lot about energy or how that feels? Is, it, is that it? give you its own set of difficulties or challenges? No, not at all. I think as long, you know, most people who are coming to me um, are looking for um, an alternative solution, right? To help themselves feel better or or process through something that they're experiencing. And so as long as they have the intention in their heart to do that, um, I'm pretty, you know, it's pretty easy to guide anybody from any background through a journey or through a healing. Um, I think once in a while, uh, somebody may not anticipate that they're going to move quite so much energy or, you know, sometimes we could bring up triggering events and that in those rare occasions, you know, where somebody's really got their world, uh, world rocked and socks knocked off of them. (laughs) uh, I think that's really important for me to acknowledge and take the extra time to help with the integration. Um, but everybody's mm-hmm. unique and and going to experience these journeys differently. And sometimes I'll have somebody, you know, who will come in, have a, an experience that just really work. They're really working through something big. And then I won't hear from them. And I'm, I'm a little like, oh, yeah, I'm nervous. I really just want to make sure that you're good. You know, like you're supported. And I want you to know that. And then to my, to my surprise and not surprise, because I know all along, um, this isn't about me, you know, spirit is ultimately helping to guide us through this beautiful journey that those, those people usually, you know, uh, come back and, and reveal the experience, the, um, the impact and want to continue the work. So I think that a lot of this work in general, no matter who's, what the background is for a client, it's all about um, surrender and letting our egos go and knowing that we're here for the greater good of each of our individual souls. Um, And it takes the teamwork to make it happen. And then in the end, you know, afterwards, uh, making space for somebody for their healing process. Cool. I like the sound of that making space mm-hmm. for, for healing. There's, 
we get so bogged down in our daily lives that we forget to make space for the important things in life and healing and energy work is very much one of those things. Mm -hmm. It's really true. It's, it's, and it's becoming more and more accessible and it's also becoming more and more of a go-to resource for people, which I love seeing because man, we can move mountains in, in, the course of seconds it's it's absolutely yeah. such a powerful beautiful practice I definitely agree with that um how do you balance being a shaman and living like be, doing all of this work in in the mystical plane I guess you could say and still being tethered here and being a mom mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. pregnant and being a wife and how do you balance all of that's that that's a good question um One thing in my practice, uh, I always create and work in sacred space. And so when it's time to go into, into my mode of being a healer, being a shaman and being present for somebody else, the true gift that I'm able to give is my full and complete and utter attention and perspective and percepts. And so my family's really good at making space for me to have that complete solidarity when it's time to go into a session or if I have, you know, an event or group work, they all support me quite a bit. And then the other like beautiful thing is I me mean, yesterday, I had a surprise session pop in. It was kind of, you could think of it as an emergency. Uh, and I had my daughter. And so she she decided she was there and she was just so sweet and she knew that um, this family member needed some space and some support. And so she like literally sat on my lap while we guided this person from a place of panic and angst in in back into her body, back into a place of presence and peace. And so she just did it with me. It was so cool. (laughs) generational healing there (laughs) right it's fine it's beautiful so cool so I love your daughter has such a beautiful beautiful spirit and I just I get excited thinking about her growing and Mm -hmm. the things that she's going to be able to do just there's something about her that's very special and very drawing and I I love her so much oh thank you I completely agree I'm I'm so in love with her she's amazing She's really special. <laughs> um, on that note of um, balance, uh, just like, you know, I guess it, not advice, I guess you could say for other healers. And I know you're a mom and new mom, like um, something I think that is the most important thing is to um, have a walk through challenges with grace and have um treat yourself with care and with like just utter compassion I think it's very easy to get down on ourselves um, especially healer who takes a responsibility for the people who are coming to her or him and when you have a when you hold a responsibility like that it's really easy to to feel like maybe you're not doing enough or you're not available enough and those kind of things Um, And I think so it all comes back to having self-compassion and self-love because ultimately we need to be what we 
what we are sharing. We need to be what we are trying to help others to achieve. And that means that we need to love ourselves fearlessly and utterly and have complete compassion for ourselves. We can't be carrying judgment and um, a burden of an expectation of the outer world. We have to find a peace within our lives and then show up in in the best way we possibly can uh, when the time is right and and know that we're being guided. That's a lot of really good advice. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it can roll over to not just, and it can not just apply to healers, but um, parents in general is giving themselves space. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically for people who, who work with healing people and healing others. And cause you're taking so much mm-hmm. on when you work with somebody and if you're not in a place, if, if you've developed a, a unrealistic expectation for yourself, then you're not giving your best in that session. And then when you go back to your family, you're also not giving your best to your family and you're spreading yourself too thin. So that advice is very, very important. And I hope that my listeners really heed that advice and walking with compassion and grace and love for yourself. That's amazing advice. Something I try to do. (laughs) Yay. I'm proud of you for that. Keep it up. I actually got that from you and we had our session and you said to deal with yourself with compassion. I was like, I haven't thought about that. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. That was one of my big lessons. And oftentimes our wounds that become our wisdom then until become our medicine. So a lot of the time, uh, the reason I have carry the medicine I carry is because I've walked this, the, a similar path or I've had some similar healing that I have, uh, you know, uh, achieved. Yeah. Going, like, m- moving a little bit. Um, and I know you talked a bit about how, um, how you work as a healer and as mm-hmm. a shaman. Is it easier? Um, is it easier? Do you practice in Mexico? Um, you know, I also? I do, and a lot of I can do things like quite a bit remote. Um, so a location isn't necessarily um, a big qualifier for like what my practice looks like. Um, I mean, obviously, the people I can see in person. It depends on where I'm at. Uh, in Mexico, I get to do a temascal where I lead um, a sweat. And I love, I love that piece okay. of my practice. I don't have the same resources here in Colorado, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I think in Colorado, I have other opportunities that look different. So, Okay. And that was kind of leading into that question of um, in this day where, like, it, it's COVID and people aren't going out as much or getting together as much or just trying to be safe, where, are you able to do healings? remote via zoom or phone call mm-hmm. or something yep, like that. Yep, absolutely. 100%. That's that's the fun thing about like opening a sacred space is you can you can mm-hmm. do that remotely. It works the same as yep, the cloud. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and it's amazing too because if you think about the power of intention, the power of prayer, how much is happening in our unseen world, how much is happening energetically between people, um it's like you know, I, I say Justin's name and then he calls me even though he's, he's in Mexico. It's all of that is 
mm-hmm. what is coming into play when we're doing a remote session. And so it's, that's why I think it's really important for people to experience both the um, in-person and the remote so that they can start to see and understand and have a relationship with uh, how, how important it is to uh, hold themselves accountable for their thoughts and actions, no matter where they are, or how far away from somebody they are, you know, because our thoughts and actions are our energy and they're, they're moving through time and space and they, they affect our worlds and the people in our lives. So I think it's a really powerful, important thing for people to learn. I agree. Um, setting intention, I'm wondering my husband wants to have a girl. And so eventually we're going to try oh, for another congrats. baby. But for, for years since I was a teenager, I've always said I want four kids and I want them all to be boys. Well, so far I have two boys. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's something to be said about setting intention. And so I'm kind of trying to balance that out. I really want a girl. Oh. <laughs> So we'll see if I could balance out the years of intention I've put out there. For, <laughs> That's so boys. funny. We're, we have a girl and we, my husband, I mean, we would love to have a little boy so we get one of each. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also like really excited about surrendering and also not finding out the sex of our baby and just being surprised. <laughs> so we'll see. So with shamanism, do you have... Um, or do you have a specific deity that you work with? How so does that's that work? a very good question. Um, I like to, something that's very important to me as a global citizen is as an earth keeper is to respect and understand that wisdom lies in all sources and all things and all belief systems and to keep my judgment out of it. So I personally, um, in my practice, I um, honor and I value um, the spirit of all things. Um, I truly, I mean, the spirit of a stone, the energy of, you know, everything that is made of energy. And so I try to value um, and think of things in that way. Um, like a good example would be if I, when I have a meal, I think about the energy it took to get the meal to me and give gratitude to the farmers, the hands that, that, that grew the plants, the um, earth that held it safely, like all of it, you know, and then ask it to nourish my body. So in my practice, I always call in the four directions of four organizing principles of the universe, which um, show up in everything, even in our DNA. So I'm just recognizing and calling it in, honoring the earth and all of her life and all all of the life on all of the life that we share this earth with and ask for help in creating the sacred space because we, I think the, the more we... For me, the more I move away from feeling like it's uh, just me and I'm in this alone, the more successful I am in my practice and my work. Is it's that's not the it's not the truth. I'm not just me, <laughs> like in this alone. Um, yeah, at least my truth. And so then uh, honoring the, the sky and um, the earth, and then the way I think about Great Spirit. So when it comes to deity, is um, I like to say thou who has a thousand names yet who is the unnameable one 
And I really like to have a surrender to um, this beautiful, great spirit that is that collective force of love and divine uh, power of creation. Um, for me, that just makes the most sense and it's applicable to like, you know, every religion it's applicable to like basically every belief system because everyone can see that things are moving and changing and being created. Um, so it's just an, a yeah. nice, very universal way for me to have a language that works with uh, my clients. What's important is that my everybody I work with, it's not me trying to put in a belief system or a dogma. It's it's me meeting them where they're at and finding their, how they connect to spirit, how they connect to, um, the, you know, great divine unknown and, and working on that level because it's their healing journey that matters. Um, and that's the most important. Wow. That's a great way to go about it. Um, because some people can get so stuck Mm -hmm. in that dogma that when the way you said that the, you who have a thousand names but are unnameable that in, that incorporates everyone and that's it's a really healing and positive way of doing that and there's you there's the lack of judgment or lack of condemnation there and that's uh that's really cool that on how mm-hmm. you do that uh energy is flowing and moving emotions are energy in motion and what i think is really important to think about is that emotions don't become you they flow through you Mm -hmm. it's really important to give ourselves time and space to honor whatever emotions we're feeling and to allow that process to move through whatever it looks like and uh what i love about this uh way of looking at it is that um, in our society today, a lot of people move towards labeling themselves and identifying themselves as an emotion. I am depressed. I am anxious. I, I am, and therefore I cannot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if they can, if people move away from labeling themselves as an emotion and instead honor that their bodies and their minds, souls, spirits, everything is going through a process of an emotion moving through them and finding ways to move that energy, then they can move away from holding onto the energy and having it become them. That's Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet, right? Yeah, because what and also too, wherever focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on allowing your emotions to move and flow and be released, then that's what's going to happen. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Energy has to go somewhere. And if it, I was thinking about this a couple minutes ago, if it stays in one spot and accumulates, (laughs) then it'll explode eventually you'll have too much energy mm-hmm. and it won't be able to stay in where it's being contained. And, and like you're saying, allowing emotions to move because they are different types of energy, allowing those to move through you that keeps it from being bottled up and having those explosions, having a panic attack, having anxiety, having a excessively long depressive episode, having angry outbursts or being stuck in 
in shallow happiness, things like that. Mm-hmm. When you're allowing, giving yourself that space and allowing the those emotions to move as energy, the, you're allowing healing and a washing over and a creation of new constantly. Yeah. And finding sometimes we need help because we're not in this Mm -hmm. alone. I I think it's really important for people to acknowledge and understand that we are not alone. Tribe tribe life is the best life. And so having a community, having people that you build into your spiritual family to help give you and find the resources to move the energy that needs to move to move those emotions that need to move um you know for me yoga really does the job in a lot of ways for somebody else it might not be that is there anything else you wanted to share with my listeners um Um, and any social media or any ways to get a hold of you Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the last thing I'm going to do is leave with a little story. Um, I had this very beautiful healing uh, journey with ayahuasca and something that I really think is important in, in healing work and as a spiritual um, leader for people who are coming to me and for who I'm helping is also to let go of ego And uh, so I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And um, I'm here in service to you guys. And it is my honor to be here. Um, This is definitely not about me. This is about you. So I hope you got something beautiful to take away from this lovely conversation. Um, So in this ayahuasca journey, I saw myself as, um, as a simple conductor of energy helping to find the way it's supposed to flow and move for greatest and highest good of somebody I'm working with or myself. And like, if you think about that idea of a conductor, like a train conductor, it's an important Mm -hmm. job, but it's also very simple, very, um, like not egotistical job. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So I I always hold on to that. And I just like to leave leave people with the understanding that I'm here in service and the goal of our work, the goal of your experience on your discovery is to find your greatest and highest experience of health and healing in this life. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're, you inspire me so much. And I just, I love you, just everything about you and beyond being family, just you're an amazing person. And I definitely encourage people to reach out to you because of you, you and your spirit. Um, You just want to do what's best and there's no ulterior motive there. And um, I just, I love that about you. (laughs) Thanks, darling. I love you too so much and you inspire me. And I'm really proud of you for putting this podcast together. I can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes. What a great, great episode to have with Rose. She is so inspiring and has so much wisdom to offer. I hope that some of you can take advantage of her healing practice and can get in touch with her and just spend some time getting to know her. She's a wonderful person. Her contact information is theshamanrose.com. Again, that's theshamanrose.com. 
and her email is rosita.muniz at gmail.com. I'll spell that one out for you. R-O-S-I-T-A dot M as in Mary, U-N as in Nancy, I-Z at gmail.com. Once again, please, please try and get in contact with her. And when she's available, I'm sure she will help you through some amazing things and it will just be a wonderful experience. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Next week, we will be talking about what to grow in zone five. We are, like I said, we are in the mountains of Colorado and our growing zone is zone five. And that makes a things a little difficult but we're going to go over some of um, what we're going to grow this year in our garden and some of the experiences we've had um, over time so I hope you join us for that we will see you next week I also have gotten a couple of questions from some listeners so I'm going to address those next week as well I will see you all soon blessed be